0: Talking about Queen's "The Game" today. We today are today in history. It would have come out. Yeah, 1980, June 30th, 1980. Yeah, today. So, I mean, how how do you feel? if This was the first, not the first time you've heard Queen, but if you heard, first time you heard this record.
1: No, so it's it's to me it's kind of interesting. It came out at a time in my life when, um when I was transitioning musically. So at the time in 1980, I was very, very into country Western music. A lot of the outlaw stuff that had happened in the 70s, Willie and Waylon and Tom Paul Glasser and people like that. Um, That being said, you can't forget the time that We Will Rock You, We Are The Champions, hit the scene because it was so massive. Everybody listened to it. And I was much younger then. Um, was that the first song from this album you heard? No, that was actually an earlier Queen album. Oh, so, okay. um So in 1980, like I said, I was oh, in a I very, yes, yes, very yes. country-western music phase and wasn't really listening to a lot of Queen. Um, but obviously, when another one bites the dust hit the scene, it was unmistakable. It was kind of like that We were Rock You, an instantly recognizable hook that everybody knew. Mm-hmm. And it was just an infectious song. You know, you couldn't get it out of you.
0: Was that part of your bass love when you've heard that fir- that uh, opening uh, oh, A little bit, yeah. Little
1: bit? I, I have to say, you know, a little bit. Um, but at the time, I hadn't quite started playing bass yet. Um, so, that's, when, when I say it, it hit at a, at a very interesting transitional time in my life, and I was very into country-western music. Well, I was also about to really get into heavy metal, and so my life was going to change drastically in terms of my musical tastes. Mm. And so Queen didn't necessarily play a part in that, but this album was something that just kind of floated on the fringes. And you just kind of, you always heard it, you know, because there were there were certainly um, songs that are recognizable. Another mm-hmm. one, "Bites the Dust," "Dragon Attack," "Crazy mm-hmm. Little Thing Called Love."
0: Well, I mean, uh, how many? I believe there's ten songs on the something album, like something like that. And yeah. five of them were released as singles sure. for the album. So, yeah, you know, with that much radio
1: play for half the album, yeah. you know, it's. Yeah, so so you're getting that. And I believe Play the Game was one of those singles yes. that was released. Uh, so it, it's something that I didn't really think about at the time, but as I got more and more interested into music um, and started listening to Queen more and more um, in depth, I started realizing that, that you know so much happens in this band, that there's so much interplay, and if you listen to play the game, you hear those sections where you know Freddie's singing his melody and John Deacon's playing along in the upper registers of his mm. bass, playing the exact same notes. You know, it's just it's like a little you know unison duet, if you will. Um, and there's a lot of interplay like that on the album. What I didn't know at the time that it came out, and it wasn't until much later when I started really getting <laughs> into, um, you know as I said, in-depth listening into Queen and the individual artists and their abilities. What's fascinating to me about this album is how it's a very, very clear break from what they'd done before. Um, they seem to be e- exploring more classic um, rock and roll kind of vibe mm-hmm. on this album where you know things aren't quite as grandiose as you heard on, you know, um, uh, News of the World and, th- and albums like that, where they had these, just these, these massive songs with multiple layers, you know, like Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff like that, very operatic and um, just very progressive sounding mm-hmm. music at the time. Um and so it seems like they're they're really getting back into the roots. And you can even look at the cover of the album, and you know they're all standing there, sitting there, standing there in leather jackets, you know, looking like badasses, <laughs> you know, yeah. like motorcycle I mean, guys.
0: For all of the Queen album covers, this one definitely looks the di- most different. Yeah. Like,
1: and you could say plain. Yeah. But um. well, and, and, and to me, like with with Freddie Mercury, I mean, arguably he's one of the best front men that ever lived. Um mm-hmm. and, and I think it was because you know he had this singing ability that that surpassed so many people and broke so many boundaries. And he also had this ability to just, um, you know go from that, not mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of kind of feel with, with this operatic style to this like, <clears throat> this like buff, you know dude mm-hmm. in the blink of an eye. You know, he could just do that. And that's a very unique ability. Um, And he displays both of those sides, you know, that that dichotomy on this album very well with Another One Bites the Dust, Dragon Attack, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other thing that's fascinating to me about this album, um, this is where, where I, you know, chose the song selection for this podcast specifically is because... Every band member has a songwriting credit, and Freddie doesn't sing all the songs on the album. And I think that's kind of cool, you know, because he was such a vocal and visual front Mm -hmm. man that all of a sudden you get lead vocals from Brian May. You get lead vocals from Roger Taylor. yeah. John Deacon doesn't do any lead vocals on this, but he does a lot of songwriting. Does a lot of songwriting. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, Another One Bites the Dust is his song. Mm-hmm. He wrote it, you know, and and he was good at that. You know, he was very good at coming up with hooks and real, just real memorable lines. So um, so to me, that that's kind of why this album, amongst all the Queen albums, has really kind of made an impact on me. Uh, and it didn't happen necessarily until later, but I certainly remember when it dropped because you just couldn't forget those songs and especially that bass hook from Another One Bites the Dust. Everybody knows that.
0: Well, we we started with Play the Game, so we kind of got that Freddie tone. I think, uh, what's the next song we're going to cut into here?
1: I believe it is um, Need Your Uh, Love Tonight. Need Your Love Tonight, right.
0: So let's
1: open that. And that is a, uh, if I'm... Correct. That's a Roger Taylor song. All right. Well, let's get. No, a f- that's a De- that's a John Deacon song. Another one. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. Another let's play John Play a little Deacon bit of that.
0: Song. Get a taste of that guy. Hey, hey, hey.
2: No, I'll never look back in anger. No, i ever never find me an answer. You promised me. To keep in touch
0: Well, that was lead, need your love tonight. Uh, that was—I don't believe that was a single.
1: I don't think so. I don't no. think that was a
0: single, but definitely was rocking. Yeah, listen and- to that.
1: I mean, you 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 hear these clear influences of 1950s rock and roll. You know, it just. It certainly doesn't sound necessarily like 60s rock and roll, Mm -hmm. but there's almost a a Chuck Berry-type feel going on in the guitar riffs and hooks (laughs) and the way the chorus is structured.
0: And as it gets to that sort of bridge part... It gets pretty heavy, like it does. Pretty, like it's got that real thick kind of Brian made guitar, which
1: which is very much like Queen. You hear that kind of grandiose structure starting to come in, Mm -hmm. but then they break it down real quick and they modulate to another key and they go back to that just real hard rocking sound. And it just it it's fascinating to me because it has that '50s rock and roll sound that they're really drawing from there. And, And like I said, that's a a very, a very definite shift away from what they'd been doing in the 1970s.
0: Yeah, uh, let me pull up a few. So we're gonna get into a bit of the bulk of the discussion here, just as far as the album is concerned. And the one thing I noticed, especially with like play the game, is there's some motifs in the music that carry on. There's some, like, I hear a little bit of bohemian rhapsody and sort of Brian May's, like, bum, bum, bum. Like, he's kind of going yeah. up the scale a little bit, sort of that rise. A that. lot of orchestration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hear that. Uh, let's see. Okay. Pull so, as we said, it came out on June 30th. And when it came out, it, I believe, got
1: pretty good reception to. That's to me, that's that's the other interesting thing is I, it was well received mm-hmm. as, a, as a record by the general public, but the critics just a, assaulted it. Well, I have, a few, I have a few, so like Rolling Stone, they killed it,
0: yeah, they gave it a three out of five. Um, and yeah,
1: but if you if you read the review, yes, yeah. it almost sounds like they're giving it a one.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean there's you it's kind of weird across that cuz Rolling Stone has the lowest rating yeah. um compared to say like all music these more modern takes are modern publications that are coming up and listening to this older record and reviewing it.
1: Yeah. Um so it, it and, and that's the thing, you know, in hindsight, you can look back on this and you can see what mm-hmm. Queen was doing exactly, and how yeah. they were really, sh- you know, shifting away into new musical territory by drawing on older influences. Um, but it is it is kind of interesting to, you know, hear how this came out. And, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but sometimes when something that's considered now groundbreaking like an album like like this kind of album um if you if you look back when it happened it's like well almost didn't like it like the, the critics like i don't know what to do with this mm. this is the queen that i knew you know um well, there, there are some eclectic songs on there there are yeah. you know and I mean you can, you can take attitudes like that all the way all the way back to uh, Stravinsky's Rite of Spring you know when he famously premiered it and people didn't had never heard this music before and they rioted you know um, you know it's not that not quite as big an impact as that but you know yeah sure critics just listen to it and are like are you kidding me? This is this is this is all over the place they don't mm-hmm. know what they're doing you know but i think they did i think they knew exactly what they were doing um uh, to me that's the genius of queen
0: yeah uh i also i mean listening to it this would be my first time really listening to the album all the way through on a personal level i've list i've heard the singles uh through various media forms throughout the years sure um but listening from front to back it was again Hearing motifs of previous Queen, hearing where Queen went after the album, yeah. um, that they did the diverse songwriting where you have uh, um, the song is escaping me. Let me pull it up. Uh, crazy little thing called love. It is so different than any other song on the album. Yeah, it doesn't. It some would say it doesn't even fit, but that's Queen. Is it's you know that's definitely Freddie Mercury being like hey i wrote this song and i'm going to put it in the album yeah like and it sounds completely different than the rest of it
1: yeah i it, mean this this kind of you know honky tonk rockabilly song yes. like what almost elvis yeah. kind of like old 50s. Yeah. but a, a, again there's yeah. that there's that thing that kind of drawing from the influences mm-hmm. from that 50s era and i hear so much of that in there yeah
0: um and so some quick little facts there were four editions of this album that came out. There, there was, not including the original release, but you had, in 1991, a bonus track from Hollywood Records. I've never heard of them, but they released a reissue. 2003 was a DVD audio version with, uh, I guess, Dolby kind okay. of sound, so they kind of reissued it for uh, audio purposes in that year. 2011, we saw another reissue with a bonus EP, I've never heard that or Interesting. knew about that. but um, And then in the same year, we got an iTunes reissue, which kind of had all the music videos attached right, and right. all that good digital stuff.
1: Um, If I'm not also not mistaken, there were um some different art reissues. Yes, that, yes. It's, um, there were different photographs attached to different editions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all still the slightly same grade, but I think
0: yeah. uh, in my notes it says like, one of them had the arms folded, and yeah. then the other didn't. So yeah. it's just weird, different, I guess, shots from the same shoot. Yeah. So, um, any, I mean, as far as the song track list, I really appreciate the length and just the play time. And mm-hmm. I guess for that year, you know, the older records, it was like that. Like,
1: well, the, 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 unless you're Pink Floyd or the,
0: like putting out a double LP.
1: Right, you know? but a lot of times, a lot of times, it was recorded for the purpose of radio. That too, yes. I
0: mean, five, half the album was radio played. Right. So it was written written for radio. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Also, um, I I found out in research this was the first album to use a Oberheim OBX, which is like yes. a synthesizer. And uh, let me see if I can play a little clip here. It's used in one of the songs, Prime, Prime Jive. Yeah. It sounds like an 80s yeah. sort of Devo like sound. Let me see if I can pull it up here.
1: Yeah, boop, boop, boop. Yeah, you can
0: hear it, <laughs> and it's it's real playful. It almost is like, what are they doing? Who you know? It's Freddie being Freddie and having yeah. fun with the song, but it's almost ahead of its time.
1: So interesting thing. You just said Freddie being Freddie having fun with the song. Freddie didn't sing the song. I imagine he's playing keyboard. Sure. I imagine that's him, just okay. like, beep, 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 beep. like yeah. kind
0: of dancing around. Yeah. playing that little, yeah. that Oberheim or but, whatever. But yeah, that,
1: very whimsical. Yes, very. very whimsical.
0: And it's, the sound of it reminded me of uh, just a few, of kind of futuristic, to, I mean, I don't know how many Queen songs really had synthesizers in them that I can really recall. I mean, I, there's a lot of classic yeah. piano, a lot of like yeah. orchestration. Well, but you, started,
1: it, you started to hear more of that, of course, be, you know, coming into the 1980s yes, and yes. beyond. Um, you know, you started to hear more of that being used mm-hmm. in lots of bands, but um, but I think it's appropriate entirely to see it happening right here, mm-hmm. especially. This band. Yes, you know, I mean, and, and why wouldn't they? You know, they they were they were, you know, pinnacle musicians, and why wouldn't they take the newest New stuff equipment? on the on, mm-hmm. on the on the scene and say, "Let's, what can we do with this?" I mean. You know, Pink Floyd did that with Dark Side of the Moon and you know, they came up with some incredible stuff. You know.
0: Taking chances with new up up and rising uh technological advances that come in.
1: Lots of progressive progressive bands do that. Rush, my favorite, you know. Mm -hmm. They people talk about the dreaded keyboard era of Rush, and I'm like, it's not dreaded to me, I loved it. Yeah. You know? But that that's that's and that's not Queen. But the point being, yeah, of course they're going to take this stuff and they're going to try and say, hey, look what I'm doing, and they're going to figure out a way to use it.
2: Mm.
0: And it's, use it in, I mean, I'm sure they didn't write that song with, them we're going to use this keyboard in mind. Right. I bet they wrote the song and it was like, hey, they're in the studio yeah. and he's playing with it and, oh, this sounds kind of cool. Because yeah. it is just in the background. It's, it's a, an addition to the song, not a reason yeah. for the song.
1: So if you don't mind... Um, you know, since we're kind of kind of touching on that that subject, and I've already kind of you know spilled the beans about who's singing vocals on that song. Well, yeah, it's Roger Taylor, it's the drummer, and he was a massive, massive vocal impact on this band. Even though Freddie, you know, took most of that for, for as the front man, um, in terms of backup vocals, he was incredible. I mean, incredible. Yeah you know it's all real the rock of Bohemian rhapsody mm-hmm. that that all of them contributed to but he would he was just able to just get higher and higher mm-hmm. and higher and, and get that all all that sound and create that that opera mm-hmm. you know that choir so if you could if you could just play the song from the beginning yeah i think uh, we'll Freddie make- sings the intro And if you listen closely, you'll hear Roger Taylor, and and it's not entirely perceptible, but you hear the voices change. All right, well, we'll cut into that song, and then we'll
0: continue our discussion. Mm ¶¶
1: see what I mean? Definitely. Like, yeah.
0: yeah. Hey, it, it, his voice has that kind of gnarliness. Yeah. But it can also get real high and subtle. Yeah. So it's
1: yeah. a great compliment. But again, I keep hearing that 50s that 50s influence in there, even in the intro when Freddie's singing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I well, how 50- the
0: song, it, it's real theatrical and
1: kind of like
0: climactic, like you said. It starts yeah. soft, but then we just start grooving.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but but again, it all goes back. This so much of this album for me all goes back to '50s rock and roll, you know, mm-hmm. which is completely natural because that would have been what these guys grew up listening to.
0: Yeah, I hear I I heard it in in the first song, and I hear it in pieces throughout some songs more
1: than others, mm-hmm. but definitely it's yeah, But it's always it's, it's uh, woven in there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just that to me, that's just brilliant songwriting. Mm-hmm.
2: you're feeling sore, it ain't no use in pretending, you don't want to play no more, It's plain that you ain't no baby, what would your mother say, you're all dressed up like a lady, how come you behave this way?
0: Sweet Sister And That was rocking. also
1: That To me On this album That is the most Quintessentially Queen song And We get that Brian May solo You get, you get Yeah You get the Brian May solo When you have that When you have the bridge There's that It, it just turns into that Almost Operatic mm-hmm. Thing yeah, That yeah. they do um, But what's interesting To me is Brian May Takes it, lead vocals it, it, It sounds great. It does, it does. And the very first time I heard this song, I just assumed it was Freddie Mercury, you know? But when the bridge comes in, Freddie sings the bridge, Mm. and and it's one of those things like um, Rocket Prime Jive where Mm. he sings the intro and then Roger Taylor sings the the rest of the song. You have to listen for that because they've worked so long together and they've done so many vocal things together Mm -hmm. that... They just sing well together. I, I wonder how many people would listen
0: to this album on first and not recognize that Freddie is singing all of the like. She he isn't singing yeah. all of the songs. Yeah. You know. I mean, you would almost forget that, and if you were just kind yeah. of into it, and
1: I I think that's what that's the trap I fell into when I first listened to this record is I just assumed Freddie was the singer. Like oh wow he sings all these songs uh, yeah. And it was just in my ear that no, Freddie's the vocalist, and I didn't really pick up on the little vocal nuances that way um, because they're all so good. Mm-hmm. They all have yes. such good voices, um, and they all le lend to the song
0: each song that they're in. Exactly. So yeah, it, it what it, you know if Freddie was singing Brian's part, you know I can kind of imagine it, but it almost doesn't kind of fit in a way. Yeah, not that it wouldn't sound bad, but that it's
1: um i don't know it it was
0: brian's song to sing
1: it was yeah it was um i think you know kind of kind of wrapping it up it's it's really cool to me that that you know everybody really pitched in songwriting in this band you know there wasn't a single member in this band that wasn't a strong songwriter and there wasn't a single member in this band that wasn't a strong vocalist there wasn't a single member of this band that wasn't a strong mm-hmm. player i mean they're they're just a good band you know yeah Matt, I, I think
0: audiences re- realized that in a, in a way um yeah. because i mean the record it was a very good seller had all those singles i think this at this point you know um how many I, I didn't count how many queen albums were before this, but this is definitely later on yeah. so they do have that established audience, but mm-hmm. I think it's uh you know it, um what I was looking at it's it was like they um <clears throat> it was the only Queen album to reach number one in the US yeah. so regardless if that's because of another one by the dust or a crazy little thing called love. In this in the country at that time, this album in their career yeah. got them to number one, at least here in the States. Yeah. So that I think, you know, we were all recognizing as a, a collective unit where Queen's kind of yeah. at and they're growing.
1: Yeah. So And, and also for what it's worth, Sail Away Sweet Sister was never performed live by Queen. Oh wow. Yeah, they never played it live. Wow. Yeah.
2: Is
0: that
1: is there a reason, you know, b- don't know. Maybe it just never made the hmm. made the cut in the set list for whatever reason. Yeah,
0: I and when they know. have a, that many like songs, you have to hit in a set. It's like <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have to play the song. So, um, but but still, it, you know, of, of all that discussion about you know going back to the roots and of the '50s rock and roll and just really infusing this album with that sound. This is the one that kind of sticks out to me. That that kind of has that adventurous queen sound even though they all do it it's definitely, hard, yes, it, it, yeah. it's hard to say that this one is adventurous and the others aren't because it's not true the whole album is adventurous but this one has that that familiarity of of Queen's just just outrageous songwriting mm-hmm. and recording style definitely you know and, definitely. and also Brian May he didn't just play guitar and sing he played uh piano he played Synthesizers. I mean, he did a lot of instrumental Mm -hmm. credits on that on that one song.
0: And and speaking of credits, just credit to Queen in general for all four members being essentially on the album. There's I don't think there was an extra player. I think they kept all of the engineering and producing pretty minimum at that time. You know, so it's it was a really isolated project, but in a good way. And I think that's kind of you know what lent to the 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 another one bites the dusts and the yeah. crazy little things. That's it, those hits in the songs that we love and are so familiar with. I think is a part of that. The small,
1: you know, simple album cover, yeah. simple, simple everything. Keep yeah. it all simple. Yeah. Some the streamlined songwriting, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. But yeah, made a great album. Definitely. Really good. Definitely.
0: And if I was alive at that time, 1980, <laughs> June 30th, first time hearing it, I would be blown away that that's yeah my consensus on it i would definitely if i wasn't i would be a queen fan um and if i was then it would just further traject put, throw that into another level of fandom yeah. so yeah i think uh, that pretty much concludes if you have any other final thoughts
1: no i think yeah. we can. i think we can send them off with a song that everybody knows definitely
2: gonna get you to but now the one buys the dice Another one busted us, ow! Another one busted us, hey, hey! Another one busted us, hey!